Welcome back to another episode of Give Me Some Truth. I'm Keith Ponywise, and I'm joined today in the booth by uh, Dan Corcoran, our marketing director, and John Jordan, uh, a partner here at Walkner Condon. Going to be a little bit uh, different episode this week, John. Um, you know, I'm not going to be uh, all Terry Gross and ask you about your hopes and dreams, but I think uh, we're going to kind of set it up that I'm going to ask you some questions because you recently did some additional training uh, over the summer and, and um, you know, with life spinning around and COVID time operating. Uh, that's now a couple of months ago, but we've been meaning to do this podcast and time just seems to drip away from you in, in COVID time, doesn't it? Well, it absolutely does. And I'll, I'll tell you the, uh, the timing of trying to go out and get another designation when you have four kids and trying to find the time. And this summer I said, oh, there's a class I can sign up for and it's going to take a few months, but it'll take me right through the summer. And uh, I was like, oh, when am I going to get this, all this learning in? And then I ruptured my Achilles. Couldn't walk <laughs> on a knee scooter, just sitting there. And I thought, what a better time to sit down and learn and advance my knowledge in an area that can help uh, clients out there. Now, now, um, in terms of the Achilles, we've heard uh, different stories. Um, my operating theory is you were trying to do a 360-degree dunk. That's how you ruptured it. Is that is that true? I can confirm that that did not happen. Um, I, I in, in my mind, I was trying to do something I thought I could do, but I was actually trying to play my... Six foot five, two hundred and ten pound son, and some one on one. And about thirty seconds in, I heard the uh, the noise, and I knew immediately that my basketball career was now over. You know, I've I've always joked that I ended my playing soccer career um, not when I started like hurting myself and knowing what I had done, but when I would wake up in the morning with like an intense, sharp shooting pain, and I wasn't quite sure what exactly I had done that I was getting that pain. Um, it was, you know, the unknown injuries that, that ended it. That's where, you know, you're finally old. I think. Well, I, I was happy. I was happy to retire and, uh, just, you know, for the record was actually winning the game three to two when I went down. So I like to, to think I went out a winner, uh, one and oh record, right? Yeah, exactly. hundred percent win percentage. So, uh, tell us a little bit about, um, so what was the designation first of all? And then I, I want to know what, what what kind of started you down the path of, of pursuing this this designation? So the designation that that I was able to um, to achieve and, and 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 get for kind of advancement of career and working with clients is called the CEPA. So C E P A, and it stands for Certified Exit Planning Advisor. And what I was I was wanting to accomplish in getting this uh, through conversations I've had with and clients, very quickly you know, exit from a business, yes. not exit from life. Exactly, he, exit he is not going to provide you uh, end of life care. Yeah, <laughs> and it was it was business owners that I that I work with um, on a personal level and consult with them on their business questions. But what has been coming up a lot more lately is what's the strategy and the plan for succession and for exiting the business. And it was an area that I wanted to have more knowledge on and be able to be a greater resource to those clients and also just people in the community that I've been talking to and, and how I want to grow my career as a financial planner. So I, I researched the Exit Planning Institute, who does a great job of putting together the curriculum for the process that, that the, the business owners are going to go through that, that really involves personal and the business goals, and then their own financial goals. So there's there's three different legs to the stool, so to speak, and being able to help identify those and 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 learn about their current business and see where the actual valuation is. But 
you know, where's the value gap or the profit gap that they could be, be, you know, accentuating as they go into the process of selling. And it really starts with first off, you know, having a triggering event and that's making the decision that, you know, you, you want to actually do the planning for, for exit planning. And it starts, it starts with learning about, you know, what is the business really worth really studying and understanding the, the EBITDA, you know, and the earnings before interest deductions and, and so on. And so when you get, when you get the, those numbers, you know, that tells part of the story, but really diving into what are your goals? How would you like this to succeed? Would you, would you like it to go to, to children that maybe work for your company? Is it something where you'd like to sell to a competitor or to, to an outside uh, party? Or would you like to do private equity or merger acquisition to grow and then, and then exit? But ultimately, exit planning is good business strategy. Um, and it's, it's really a smart financial move for any business owner to do because you have an exit plan even if you don't do exit planning, and that's death. And whatever is going to happen to the business after your death. So you either control it and plan for it, or it's going to be coming at some point. I think it's like a, a lot of things that we do. It's going to happen whether you want it to, to or not. Um, and yeah, you're going to have a plan whether you want to or not. You know, And it's how much of that plan do you actually control. Or you're going to have an exit whether you want to or not. It's how much do you actually control. And one of the things that, that jumped up and one of the things I want to ask about too is what all the, the coursework that went into it. But before that, you had mentioned, you know, sometimes it's a triggering event. Um, you know, we want to, you know, but do you think in general for a business owner, it's something that they should think about even before a triggering event, you know, say you've started building a successful business and you're still a ways from retirement or, you know, wanting to get rid of it, but it's probably something that you want to start talking about even sooner than, you know, I want to, I'm 60 and I want to be done by 60 and a half, right? Absolutely. You know, that the, what, what's the best time to start making an exit plan? If you're going to become a business owner or you are a business owner, it's really today. And if you were planning on starting a business, it, it's a good strategy to really have an idea what your exit plan is from day one, because that way you know what you're working towards in the business and the goal, because there's, there's, you know, there's wealth and value in your business and the income that it provides. It doesn't have to be one or the other. So understanding how that, you know, the plan is in place for you personally. I mean, Dan, I, I think about you, you know, you don't own a business, but what's your exit strategy? I mean, do you, people come into a job or a career and they say, well, then what are my goals? Right. Have you, have you ever thought about that? Like you better have an exit plan? No. <laughs> Short and sweet. Short Dan, and sweet. I remind you of this every week that you should have an exit plan. Always. Um, but no, I think, uh, you know, you, a lot of people, okay, what, particularly early on, you know, what am I, what, what's my goal with this job? Where am I aiming for? Is it where I want to be for the rest of my life or, or whatnot? The same thing holds true for business owners, right? And a lot of times they just kind of think of, well, I'm going to build this and that's going to be that. Absolutely. Oh, I like to think of it, you know, there's a funny movie that I, I watched back in the day. Um, <clears throat> it was called Big Daddy. There was a scene in there where they asked him, you know, what's your five-year plan? And he said, don't die. <laughs> <laughs> right. And for a lot of business owners, like when, if they haven't really done an exit plan, they want to keep the business growing and, and, and as a value to not only the customers and the clients they serve, or maybe their distributors and the relationships they have within the business, but their employees and their families if they don't have a good exit plan, you know, that's kind of the plan is don't die because we need to keep this thing going. And that's why, um, you know, the, the role of what a SEPA is in the relationship is, is sort of like a quarterback to the process. So, you know, you've got your, your financial planner that you can have in there who also could be a SEPA like there in my case, but it could be that you have both. 
your personal financial planner, your SEPA that's controlling the process for the business. You've got your attorney and your insurance agent and kind of key people that you'd have decision makers within the business. And they're all coming together working towards one goal, which is the exit of this business is as profitable and as valuable as it can be based on, you know, what uh, needs to be accomplished or is already kind of at with uh, the company, how the morale is, how the processes internally are and the employee retention, you know, opportunities, the, all these things add value to your business and should be discussed at the beginning of this process. Then you put into place, you know, workshops and, and, and different, you know, you don't, don't call them meetings, but they're really just, you know, incremental things that you're doing to move the ball towards uh, being able to bridge the, the, the value gap between what your business is worth and what it, what it could be worth. And so we really see ourselves as SEPAs as, as a, um, as a value uh, accelerator for the business through talking through this and putting a process for exit planning in place, as opposed to just arbitrarily picking a number, which this is something I've had happen when I talk to, to people who are business owners and they say they are thinking about selling. I say, well, what do you think your business is worth? And it's almost like they look up in the air and grab a number out of the clouds and say, well, I think it's worth this. But like a house or anything else, it's really only worth what someone's willing to pay you the day you sell it. So, and however you choose to sell it, whether it's through a merger acquisition, you're, you're trying to extract value and money out of the business for all the hard work and sweat equity. So, so we see ourselves as, as, as value accelerators for that um, and, and as a trusted resource through that process. I mean, we're not experts on the law and everything. That's why you have your team in place. That's why you have the attorneys there and, and, and have a CPA for the tax ramifications of it. You know, we have knowledge as a, as, and as a CFP, I have knowledge on investment, um, you know, taxation rules and, and whatnot, but it's always great to have experts for each individual area as a part of your, your key team. No, I mean, uh, you know, lawyers uh, know things that obviously we do not. You know, one of the things that always uh, cracks me up is that frequently uh, in, uh, I have a, a friend who works on certain, you know, transactions and like if people are buying and selling aircraft, frequently they'll, they'll sign the contract uh, over international waters because it'll help you escape certain, you know, local locality taxes and so on and and stamp duties or this and that. So there's, you know, these weird quirks that, you know, the lawyer can obviously add to. But I think one of the things that, that you identified is, you know, maximizing the value, maximizing, um, you know, employer reten employee retention and, and so on. And, you know, also if you're, even if the business is going to be sold within the family, thinking about that exit strategy, I would guess, can, you know, one, make sure you, your family relations stay smooth, but also make sure that the person or persons who are taking over are, are adequately prepared to take over the business, right? Oh, absolutely. And then that you brought up a really good point there about family businesses. You know, the, the majority of family businesses that transition to the children um, don't transition successfully and survive, you know, second and in, into the third generation, it drops down even more. Now, there are some great stories out there of family businesses that have, and and, and they more than likely did, did some important exit planning before that transition happens. But there are cases often out there where, you know, the, the father or mother are running the business and they've got their kids involved and maybe they're, they're one's in sales and the other one's down the hall, you know, we're working on, you know, different HR stuff and they're, they're part of the family business and the parents just assume the kids are going to take over and the other 20 employees are going to love it. But, you know, through the exit planning process and through interviewing and talking to employees about, you know, their satisfaction and the things they love about working at a, a family-owned company like that, 
you know, it's been found that oftentimes they're not excited about the kids running the business. They were working with the parents and the way the parents ran it. And, and sometimes the parents are hopeful their kids will run it, but they don't have the skill sets to do it. So going through the process of exit planning and starting those each steps of it, it's, you can find out first off at the very beginning, is the business even ready to be sold? You know, you may think that you're ready to get out, but it might not be ready. But if you go through, you know, you know, just kind of intense, you know, depth and questionnaires and into, you know, your personal readiness as the business owner, is the business ready? You can find that the business is ready to be sold. It seems like there'd be a nice transition, but on your personal side that you would not have any satisfaction with selling out early and not being a part of this anymore. You know, you really need all the different areas to align with the readiness factor of whether or not this is something that should even be done. And if you might be personally ready and financially ready to do it, but the business isn't ready. And so that that's where the, this planning and bringing in a SEPA can help. And to really kind of define those those key deliverables at the beginning stages, put a plan in place, and then be able to execute on that, which ultimately is the exiting of the business. Over 70% of business owners that sell their business one year later, just one year later, say they regret it. It's for different reasons, but oftentimes it's because they didn't have a process, they don't think they got full value for it, or they didn't go through the important steps of making sure the business was ready to transition, even if they made great money on the deal. And then a year later, it's falling apart under the new regime. And like you had asked there, how important it is to be to make sure that the new regime is ready too for how it's going to be. You know, it may not be as important for them to to have a company car that's leased through the company than it was for the previous owner. And then next thing you know, they come in there and they're like, hey, we're getting rid of leased cars through the company and the employees get upset. Those things should be talked about through the beginning stages of, you know, wh what is it going to look like when we are the new owners? So, Well, and, and you bring up too, you know, um, is your company ready to be exited is, is a good insurance policy, right? Longer term. Um, you know, what if something happens to you? We saw it in our, our, our group, right? With, with everything that transpired with Nate last year that, you know, okay, all of a sudden, you know, what's going to happen? What's, what's the next step? And so I think, you know, just being prepared, what if, you know, is, is thinking and, and you talk a lot about process and it's something that we, you know, pride ourselves on here at Walkner Condon. Uh, Dan, I believe one of our slogans on the website is our difference is our process. Um, this is correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, so tell me, take me through a little bit of the process that, that, you know, SEPA exit strategy that you've learned from, from this. Yeah, well, the, the process really begins, like you said, with that triggering event. And, and from there, you know, we, we like to take people through a series of questionnaires of business readiness and personal readiness so that they understand, are, are we even ready to engage in this process? And what, what sort of questions might be asked there? Um, it would personal satisfaction questions on your own life about, you know, the, the, the value of being a part of the business. Do you still want to continue to work there after you sell off? Maybe, maybe an exit strategy isn't to sell everything. It's just to sell, you know, some, some money off so that you don't have to work as much. There's a lot of different things that go into that, but finding out if you're personally ready for it. And that personal side also blends in with your personal financial side too. But, but, you know, you might be completely financially satisfied and been blessed your whole life with, with income and a couple houses and, but you're not, you're not able to tackle the, am I ready to, to leave the business that I've built this baby? But with 70% with or more of the small businesses in America, there's a $10 trillion you know, value out there of these small businesses that are going to be transitioning, whether people like it or not. It's because they're owned by baby boomers. So this is over the next 15 to 20 years going to become a very big topic and something that is going to be very important 
is how are these businesses going to be sold or how are they going to be transitioned on so that they can continue on? Otherwise, we're going to see a lot of businesses close up shop if they don't have a strategy in place. If you don't have a willing buyer or if you're not a willing seller, we don't have a deal. So, and, and ultimately what the price that's willing to be paid at that final amount, you'll find that who's more willing. Do you have a more willing buyer or more willing seller? That's going to drive the value because if, you, if you're more willing to sell than someone is to buy, you're probably going to have to take less money. Well, and I think as well, what you're identifying too is, you know, in a lot of cases, part of the value of the business is the the institutional knowledge, the knowledge of that person that's run that business for so long. And if you are not around or incapacitated to, to help, you know, facilitate that, all of a sudden a huge chunk of the value goes away. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's part, and in a part of this process that, that we were talking about of, of where we started at the beginning, it's is, is the business really ready for this? If you stepped away as the owner and it's been driven, the sales and the relationships and everything is driven by you, then that could have a drastic impact in the value of the company if you were to completely step away or sell, you know, off to a competitor and how that's going to look. So going through kind of what, you know, the, 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 the business has in place with the personnel, the key personnel that, that do the daily tasks of everything it takes to be successful and profitable and, and drive value for your clients so you can drive value for your business. And if you get some low scores there in kind of their business readiness, it, it, it can tell you, hey, we need to do some work here before we put this thing up for sale. Otherwise, you might be selling at a huge discount to what your value really is. And that's where you, that value gap comes from. It's not as easy as just taking your adjusted EBITDA and multiplying it you know, and by a multiple of what other businesses out there are selling for, and that's what your company's worth. You know, if you have a well-run business that has, you know, infrastructure in place to outlive anything that could ever happen to you, whether it was death or sale or anything, your multiple is more than likely going to be higher in terms of what you're going to get out there. But if those things are weak spots and weaknesses in the business, that's what the business exit planning process is about is finding out where the weaknesses are so that you can work on those weaknesses to be able to increase the value and overall increase the profit for what the company is for the owner, but also to make sure that there's a business in place that's going to continue on past your ownership that is going to be able to, to grow and become a place where those employees or new employees are going to love to come work. And that is a big part of this too, Keith, is about legacy. And for many people, that's an important component of this. It's not just financial. It's not just, you know, uh, is the business ready to go and I'm ready to get out. It's really a legacy situation and they want to leave a legacy. Well, and I think, you know, that immediately when you start talking about legacy and, and for so many people, you know, work is tied up intimately in, in who they are and, and, you know, how they, they view themselves. You know, a lot of people, they're like, well, if I step away from the business, what am I going to do with myself? You know, not a problem that you and I have, John, because we'll both play a lot more golf. Mm -hmm. But, you know, is is a problem that a lot of people, it's like, this has been so much of my identity. And they're they're so focused on just, you know, the, the quick turnover, right? Okay. You know, building those relationships, keeping the business going, building and building. And they're not thinking about, like you said, that, that legacy. And so it's like, you know, in some sense, it's asking almost an existential question. What does this business really mean to you, right? Absolutely. Well, and, you know, I like to think about it, too. I mean, we've been, we've been blessed here by being owners and being on the side of being owners, uh, you know, at Wagner Continent. I mean, you can know now, too, being, being a partner here and, and being an owner in our company. We all have to know, like, what, 
what does it look like for us personally to be a part of the legacy of what we're building or for our own clients and, and relationships and what we're building as a firm? Well, ultimately, uh, when, especially when you have a number of partners, you're going to have different goals and different, different feelings about that. Um, it might be more important uh, for one partner to say, I really want to work for 10 hard years and then I want to be able to, to kind of ride off and enjoy my life. And this is what I want to do. I want to be a value to people for that, that long. And then I'm going to step off and for others. And that's probably, I'm more in the camp of, I, I don't think I'll ever want to stop doing this to some degree, but I would have to think about, you know, the long term of what is my exit strategy from Walkner Condon over, you know, over my lifetime. For me, it's, I, I would probably never want to leave, but I wouldn't expect that to be every other owner. And that's important for when I'm out there talking to people. And I know we all have the ability to, to help with these sort of topics as financial planners and CF, we've got four CFPs, a CFA, we've got very smart people here. I, I wanted this to be an area that I could continue to keep up and with the cutting edge changes and things, because it's something that I really love to do personally and want to work with, but we're seeing it in our own business. So we're, we're literally doing exit planning for our business just through our initial, you know, conversations that we go through when we add partners Everybody should have a plan for themselves and the business should have a plan for what's going to happen. So I, I'm excited to, to be able to use this. I already know, and I've had numerous conversations with a couple of clients that were starting into this process. And I'm really, really excited to use some of the knowledge that I've learned and, and apply that to be able to help add value. Um, but it's also fun too. I mean, just getting in there and getting to know other people that have started other unique businesses, learning about the family structure, learning about the employees and, you know, what sort of great things go on there and what sort of things they wish they would do different. I mean, it's a fun process. So it's definitely uh, going to become a part of what we offer here at Walkner Condon. You know, we've got the international advisory team. You know, we've got, you know, d different, just different skill sets, ESG with what Mitch is able to do. And I know some on, on your guys' sleeves. So, but this will just be an added feature of, of people are out there. If you know of any business owners and, and they're interested in even having a conversation, it's, it's free to talk to me. But it's an area where if the right situation arises, I know that uh, that going through this process will help add value to them. Well, and I think it's a it's a case where expertise that it, it just uh, adds to what we try to do, which is, you know, asked from the beginning, you know, um, basically, how do you see things? Where where, where do you want to go? And, you know, then we we make sure we have the tools to help you help you get there. Yeah. And for me, like if, if, if the one thing that could come out of me going and get this certification and the, the just countless hours of studying when I couldn't even move and I was on an e-scooter, if the one thing I'm able to accomplish is that Dan comes up with a uh, exit strategy that, uh, that he doesn't have yet for whatever his career and his life is, um, then I'll feel like I was successful. So Dan, you know, that's your homework. Then there's really no, there's no due date, but at some point I might just ask you down the hall and be like, Hey, do you have your exit plan yet? And I think you're going to say no. <laughs> I, I think he's just going to quote big daddy back to you. Exactly. Don't die. Yeah, I mean, That was the plan going into this whole thing. Yeah. Just don't die. Yeah. Just don't die. I think that's, that's just generally good advice. You or know? save up enough money that to was, die. Uh, Hill yeah. street blues was the, uh, the line, you know, that he would send them out before uh, they would go out on the street and that the line was, I think, don't get dead. 
don't get dead. So but I, I know that I'm, I'm really thankful, Keith, that you were able to come on too and kind of do this interview. I thought originally when I heard that you were going to be joining me on the podcast, that it was going to be a little bit like uh, Zach Galifianakis's uh, Between Two Ferns, <laughs> and we were going to sit in here and you were just going to be uh, like... You know, I can I can ask some awkward questions, uh, but, you know, I'm, uh, I'll, I, I went easy on you. No, I think um, <laughs> adding this to, to our firm is very important, and I, I think it, it overlaps perfectly yeah. with a lot of what we do. So... Uh, I guess we'll we'll say uh, you know we'll we'll let you go until next time. Do we have some sort of custom sign off, Dan? Do you uh, intone now with a radio voice, or do we just say uh, you know we'll we'll catch you next time on Give Me Some Truth? That's extra to do the uh, specific intonation. So okay, we'll the, catch you next time. W- yeah, yeah. We have to 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 get your. We have to hire Radio Dan. Yeah. Okay. This is Regular Dan right now. Okay. Dan's very radio, close. Dan, very close. Dan, Dan has a tremendous radio voice. So at some point, Radio yeah. Face too. Yeah. Face exactly. for radio. <laughs> Hey, thanks again, Keith, for for letting oh, me share no, about and, this. And you know, I, I, like it. I said, it's it's a fantastic addition to the to the business. So we're really happy that you, that you've done this. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for uh, for doing this today. Uh, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those other good ones. Until next time, you've been listening to Give Me Some Truth. Walkner Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.